like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hey, everybody. It's another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather, and I've got Mike Huber. Hey, Heather. (laughs) This is our second in a row recording, but I'm trying to pretend like we haven't talked to each other for a while. (laughs) So welcome back to the show. Thanks. Um, we're doing a we're going to do another uh, sort of reflective episode on a previous episode, as we have been doing. So, Mike has listened to the interview with Rusty Keeler about his book Adventures in Risky Play. What is your yes? And has some things that he wants to follow up with. So, yeah. there you go, Mike. Yeah, and I have to say that the timing of the book, both of us haven't finished reading it. We're both kind of reading, but it's okay because. The question I had that I wanted to bring to this was the, is on the cover, is what is your yes that Mm -hmm. rather than talking about what's in the book, like both of us thinking about what's a time either in our past or currently that we're trying to say yes to that we have said no to previously. Mm -hmm. Um, And because I get to take over the episode, I'm (laughs) going to put it on you first. Oh, okay. If you don't have a good story right away, I can no, you go throw ahead. it in. But. Um, so, I mean, I'll just, so I'll just tell you a story from this week that okay. sort of just introduces the idea of, of thinking about risk as a good thing and maybe having to change the way, um, the way that I practice, although I have a whole... I have a whole story about the, the evolution of the history, but, but this week, um, so we, we have a little boy who um, is... Uh, I'm going to say he's very sensory seeking, even though I try to avoid jargon and and labels and things like that. But he spends most of his time with us um, trying to touch things with his belly. And uh, like he'll, he pulls his shirt, he touches everything with his belly and his nose. So he'll slip his mask down just a little and just touch things with his nose, put his mask back up. But everything's his tummy. He wants to put his tummy on everything. So um, and climbing upper body stuff he really needs Mm -hmm. like he'll just push himself up on a countertop doesn't try to put his feet up on he's not trying to climb on the counter you know he just needs that that feeling so we've we've really been working to meet that need for him um 
mm-hmm. and and also we're trying to one of his goals is joint attention so we're trying to you know get him to or eye gaze we're trying to to find moments when he's comfortable um mm-hmm. looking at our faces so yeah. he's going to do that while he's climbing is what i've mm-hmm. decided <laughs> and we were inside on this tiny little climber that we have um, because it was too rainy um to be outside and it's it's a like a little tykes plastic kind of castle thing mm-hmm. and um uh, he he really wanted to get up onto the top edge. Essentially, he wanted to walk the parapet of this castle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and uh, so my my colleague, the SLP, was over there, and she was she's she was very um, you know encouraging, right there with him, keep making sure he was safe, but could yep. still do that thing his body needed to do. And I could just see her face changing. And eventually, she, like we made eye contact across the room, and she shook her head at me. And I knew that she had reached her comfort level with the risks he wanted to uh-huh. take. Yep. And so we swapped places. And I just kind of stood there with him, and I had an arm on either side. And I, you know, I said, "I want to make sure you're safe, but let's see you climb." And um, that's something I would not have done yeah. ten years ago. Um, and I did have a little concern because we're also, you know, it's a clinic, so people are observing. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. Like, um, I need to say some things out loud so they know that I'm being intentional about right. this if they're yeah. watching from the outside. Um, but I, that was, as I was thinking about this episode this week, I was like, oh, I just had a, exactly that kind of a situation right, right. come up. Well, that, um, well, first I'll do some cross promotion that I know <laughs> teaching with a body and mind, there's an episode where Tom talks about having a photo of a child standing on the edge of a sensory table to reach because he had an apparatus, you know, cardboard apparatus on there and the kid wanted to reach all the way to the top. Uh So she stood on the edge of that table to reach up and she, and Tom used this photo at a national conference um, (laughs) of early childhood professionals. And (laughs) that's what people reacted to (laughs) was the photo of like, what's going on. And it wasn't what he was going to do the, it wasn't what the talk was about. Mm-hmm. It was more about, look how great this is. Look mm-hmm. how this child is. And it became, you know, is that irresponsible and things. Yeah. And so we did an episode unpacking that, you mm-hmm. know, that, yes. that fear. Um, and I had something this week, uh, just Thursday, I guess it was, this child in the classroom I was subbing in, his mom worked at the agency we are at, and some volunteers came in to put wood chips on our playground. Mm-hmm. So we had to go in from the playground a little early. Um, but the classroom, he, if he stood up on the windowsill, he could see down to the playground, like where his mom was working. Uh-huh. And he knew that his dad was coming to pick him up and would, he'd get to go out on the playground too and help, right? <laughs> so he's trying to watch, but he's up on the windowsill. And I'm just subbing. So I as much as I try to, you know, I'm, it's that funny thing, right? I'm normally the coach and trying to encourage chil- uh, teachers to, you know, say yes more uh-huh. often, I guess is the way to say it. But I also, when I'm subbing, I like to model a little bit of what they could do, but also don't want to make it, if they have a specific rule, I don't want to like, yeah, it's a know. fine line. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't <laughs> so want to be, Mike first, comes in and lets them do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I asked first. <laughs> is it okay? And the teacher just said, oh, I just worry that he might fall. Yeah. And so I said to the child, oh, you know, I'm just, I 
want to be near you. Or I want to, yeah, I want to be nearby while you're standing on the windowsill. Mm -hmm. So that's all I said. So yeah. I was trying to show her rather than saying no, I'm saying, oh, if you're going to do that, I need to be over. Here. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be comfortable. Actually, I would probably be comfortable on the other side of the room with it because this child. Because you know the child. Yeah, because yeah. I know the child. Um, but I don't know all the children. Mm -hmm. I mostly know because I know his older brother for years. <laughs> so I've, always, I've watched him grow up too. So I know uh -huh. he could do it. But, but that was an example too of that, that yes. And, um, but for me, I think the biggest thing I remember as a teacher when I was first researching my book mm -hmm. and really trying to get comfortable with physical play there's this one child who's always, you know, always wanted more physical play and we're inside. <clears throat> um, and he started a girl put on a red hood, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> like it was in the, you know, dress up clothes, right? She put on this red hood and he just sort of said, Oh, I'm the wolf. And he started chasing her. They started running around the room. And I was one of those teachers at the time who, you know, had the rule, like no running in the room. Yeah. But I took the three breaths, stopped myself and said, well, let me watch first. And as I watched, I could see that every time they were running in one direction and a, say a kid walked in the way, they turned like three feet before they even got there. So clearly they are paying attention to what's in the room. They're not running into anything. And it's not like they're going full speed, right? They're yeah. running at the amount where they are in control. So I just kind of let it go and I'm just watching it and watching it and wondering how long it's gonna go on. And it kept going until he was so tired. <laughs> he walked over to me, picked up from the bookshelf, um, a Little Red Riding Hood, a book of uh -huh. Little Red Riding uh -huh. Hood, asked me to read it to him. I sat down on the floor and he like sat in my lap with his head against my chest. This is a kid who'd never cuddled with me. like. Mm -hmm. Ever, you know what I mean? He was that rough and tumble yeah. kid that, you know, like, and it was suddenly like, oh, like I actually connected with him more because I said yes, right? Yeah. So I got to my yes. And that was one of the turning points for me of like, uh -huh. I gotta figure out how to say yes because I actually connect with kids more. Um, I had a teacher who I had taken a workshop with me on gunplay. Yeah, and she started saying one. yes to gunplay and I saw her years later and she said, you know, I took a class from you a few years ago. I'm the only teacher at my school that allows gunplay. And all the other teachers think I'm crazy, but I also know that all the kids or the, the subset of kids who like gunplay yeah. connect with me <laughs> in ways they don't connect with any other teacher, even if yeah. they're not in my classroom. Yeah. They know, oh, and we're out in the playground with her. And they talk to me about other things, yeah. you know? And so, so it's interesting, right? The more you say yes, the more you actually see the child. Yeah. And, but that's another, I mean, that brings up to me, for me, another example, although I could go theory because I've got a whole thing know, in my right? head, but, <laughs> but I'm trying to connect it to practice because that's what we want to do here. Um, but so I had a group of, um, and this was three, four years ago, and I was a, a two-year-old teacher, but um, most of the boys in the classroom were three and waiting for room in the next room, but still within the square footage of a toddler classroom yeah. number. So, um, so they just needed more than we had in the classroom. Yeah. And we had a little tiny climber inside and, you know, fit 20 minutes outside maybe. Um, but these three boys were really into superhero and gunplay. And it was distressing 
people, other people, like yeah. um, that, that there was, and it, it was really sort of difficult in the space we had for mm -hmm. them to be yeah. playing in that way. So there it were, tends to take more space. Yeah, there were some yeah. concerns, but um, one of the boys was also the director's son. So there was all this pressure that she was feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and so our, our initial problem solving strategies were um, identifying, you know, so um, they really like superhero play. Let's show them some, you know, superheroes are good guys or whatever. So uh -huh. they brought in fire, yeah. fire. Yeah. And, oh, I have and, something to say about that. Okay, yeah. well, don't forget. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna write so, it down. So they, you know, brought in all this stuff that they thought fit the theme of the play, which was uh, we. I should say we, not they. Mm -hmm. um, which was superhero play, but that wasn't really the theme. Which goes back to a previous conversation about us paying attention to what children are paying attention. Yeah, to. Yeah, right, right. The the theme was movement and running and the power of of the gunplay when the guns right, came into right. it. Um, and that sort of happened at the same time that I was reading um, We Don't Play With Guns Here by Penny Holland, which really mm -hmm. changed oh, my yeah, mind. Yeah. And it's exactly that when I, when I, and, and it, it could only happen when I was there because the other teachers still were just trying to stop the play that was inconvenient and uncomfortable. But that's what I found when I yeah, allowed yeah. gunplay and they saw that their ideas were not stupid and inconvenient and a, a barrier mm -hmm. to relationship with the adults around me. Yeah um that that I did connect and so then there was a little bit of an ease in the stuff right, that they right. were challenging because they felt like I'm heard I can try this idea and then I can move on to something else because I'm not constantly fighting to get my idea in right um and and so that I mean I mean gunplay is complicated still but yeah um, but that was so eye-opening to me that um you know I thought I was doing the right thing. I was following the steps. I was observing their behavior. I was noticing themes. I was trying right, my right. idea. Um, but I was no I was not I was not noticing the child. I was not noticing the children. Yeah, yeah. In that in the real need they were telling me they had. Right. Right. And that's yeah, because people look at the surface. Yeah. For teachers who are really uncomfortable, I use the phrase, um, watch for the rules of engagement. Mm, yeah. Um, because if you watch, kids follow rules. Like people think of it as being chaotic. And right. If you just step back and appreciate it. It's like when they're playing Batman, no one flies because no one flies in Batman. <laughs> but if they're playing Superman, then they fly. Or if yeah. it's Ninja Turtles, now there's you know nunchucks. Like there's uh -huh. there's these rules that they follow and only do what makes sense in this role, even though the play is very physical, mm -hmm. very uh, loud. But they actually are showing a lot of um, inhibitory control. They're showing a lot of cognitive flexibility. Mm -hmm. You know, they're showing all this thing, all these things that you could appreciate. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you're so busy thinking um, it's violent or it's going to hurt right. someone, yeah. What's but your superhero I, story? Yeah. So <laughs> I really hate the super like when adults throw in that adult thing of like, oh, let's look at real heroes. Yeah. <laughs> so. There's this movie, Bat Kid, that I don't think is available on Netflix anymore, but it's about a child who, um, I think five-year-old or something, four-year-old, uh -huh. who has cancer, does the make-a-wish thing, and okay. wants to be Batman for a day. Yeah. Um, and what they end up doing is they get a stuntman, this is in San Francisco, right? Yeah. So they get a stuntman from LA to come up to be Batman, they get a, somebody to donate a DeLorean to be the Batmobile <laughs> right. or whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't really, I think that's, um, 
And they got the police, the city hall, um, put a thing over, like a sign that said Gotham Hall over or whatever, oh, Gotham yeah. City Hall over it. And the, and the police chief got involved, um, like made a little video. So in the, they're in a hotel room in San Francisco and they see a video from the police chief saying, there's a crime spree going on. Batman, if you're out there, we need you. Right. And so the parents slip that, like the kid thinks it's just the TV. Uh-huh. And the kid's like, they said Batman. And it's like, oh. And all of a sudden there's a knock on the door. Oh my God. And it's Batman. And he's like, <laughs> there's a crime spree going on and I need your help. Will you help me? He's like, yes. And he's like, well, here, put this on. And he has this bat kid costume. Uh-huh. And so the kid puts it on. And the difference in the way the kid walks when he comes out with the costume, he suddenly has his arms out and he's like really strong because he's this kid who's been in the hospital for the last mm-hmm. three years, you know, just, and to see the strength that he gets from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing, like, it's the fantasy that right. people need, right? And then my favorite part too, or on this one is the police chief, when they're interviewing him, he said, oh, I really had to be involved. The reason I became a police officer was because I loved Batman. <laughs> so he wasn't saying when I was a kid, I would read books about police officers mm-hmm. or I would do this. It was Batman was my role model, mm-hmm. right? And it's that thing of like kids don't need, I mean, some kids are interested in the real life thing, but it's like when they're interested in fantasy play, when kids are interested in fairies, we don't say, oh, let's go look at some other, you know, whatever let's look at fashion models. Yeah. I don't know, what would it be? Like, see, they look pretty, but they do it for money. Right. They don't do it because they live in a forest and paint mushrooms red or whatever fairies do. Right. You know, like, it, it's just this weird thing where it's like adults have decided they're uncomfortable with mm-hmm. this. So therefore, it's like, we're going to put this other thing on you that you don't care about. Yeah. Um, if they wanted to play firefighter, they would, <laughs> you know, it's, but they're playing superhero so that was really long-winded but it just perks me and i think it said it goes back to the same statement which Mm -hmm. i suppose i'm actually going to end pello's statement although i think rusty says it in a different way yeah yeah we're really trying to get what does the kid do let's take let's take joy in that Mm -hmm. rusty will often talk about what's your memories as a kid they're probably the times you took risks yeah generally you don't oh i remember this one time i was sitting um, on the couch, you know, watching TV. And then, um, you know, my mom asked if I wanted a snack. Like, that's my favorite memory. Right. From one of those. <laughs> you know, it's like, that no, I remember the time. Forever. <laughs> mom didn't know where we were. We were out and back. We climbed on the roof of the garage. And jumped yeah. Out, right. Yeah. That's like, that's the story. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, that, so, that so what that. So um, we talk, my cat is meowing. I, I hear your cat. <laughs> Um, uh, that's all right. As long as mine doesn't join in now. (laughs) So I'm just, I'm thinking about, um, um, risk and yes, in terms of, of me as a teacher sort of in this conversation, because what I, what I'm learning about myself, the more I read about risky play, because this is a fairly new, you know, last time we talked about block development stages of block play being sort of new for me to think about in this, in this conversation, it will be, um, risky play. Uh, what, what I'm learning is that my instinct has sort of always been that this is great. And I think it's because as a child, I was pretty feral and, uh-huh. um, you know, running around in abandoned buildings yep. and climbing trees and being dirty and um, 
one of my favorite things as like a six, seven year old was to put pull pieces of plastic out of the burn barrel, put it on an end of a stick and hold it over the fire to melt it. That was like my art. I would melt it into these shapes and I have a scar on my arm <laughs> and who knows where everybody was when I was doing that. Right. That was me and the neighbor boys, one of our favorite things. But anyway, so, so my, my, my gut response when I see children engaging in things is this is nice. I like it. Mm -hmm. But my teacher ego then was, but you have to be in control. Your job is to make sure they're safe and that um, nothing bad is happening to them. And so it sort of feels risky to shift away from that now and, and sort of accept my instinct. Right. And, um, and then I have to, you know, I have to be able to articulate the the why and why I'm saying yes now to that kind of thing. And that's, that's been sort of tricky and scary for me. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's definitely a generational thing. Um, again, we're about the same age. And I think both of us growing up, I was more in the suburbs, so we didn't have burning barrels, but it was definitely like, <laughs> okay, I will see you, you know, when the street lights come on, yeah. come home. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. You know, uh-huh. we go off and let's find the abandoned, you know, field or not abandoned field, but an the, empty the field. Open and, field. Yeah. 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 And just, you know, play there. And um, so, and it's interesting too, right? Statistically, that was a more dangerous time in terms of number of emergency room visits and injuries. But our society, and I think it's more about the more we hear about a story, like if a kid in Florida gets hurt on a playground, seriously hurt, or maybe dies, we're going to hear about it in Indiana, in Minnesota, and people, you know, that causes fear. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to like remind people that if you're reading about something that happened that far away, it means it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So I can't remember where I read that, but, but I read something like that usually. Like that's the proof that it's rare, that it's right. such a big right. story when it happens. But instead it's like you turn on your phone, like go to your newsfeed and it's like, oh my God, especially if you click on these things and you're getting more of those stories, mm-hmm. you know? So the more you worry about it, yeah, the more you'll get these stories, um, you know, and there's like, I know there's one story, I think I heard about it from Rusty, but I don't think it's in this book, but mm-hmm. um, an adventure playground in Wales, I think, or England, where a tree fell down and killed, I think, two kids Ooh, uh-huh. in the adventure playground. Oh my God. So then there was this movement, like trying to close it down. And then, you know, one of the facts that was brought up was that the 20 years this adventure playground has been open, 10 kids have died in cars on the road outside the adventure playground Mm -hmm. and no one has banned driving (laughs) or you know right it's just this thing like statistically speaking it's so much more dangerous to have a kid in a car and drive around but we've decided that that's okay um and i i don't think there's anything wrong with that but one thing happens on a playground you know like the number of deaths on a playground is um, really small. Yeah. Well, right? and so you know? the the playground regulation issue has been one too that I've that I've come around on. Like, I, th- yeah. honestly, this is one of the things that used to drive me nuts about uh, listening to Jeff Johnson on his podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is you know he he would rail against the playground regulations ruining playgrounds, and yeah, my yeah. mind at that time at the very beginning of of the child care barn girl podcast was well if even one child gets injured seriously then we do need to regulate and we do right, you right. Know? so yeah yeah like i just that was my, was my unexamined response yeah and so now that i am 
you know, a big part of, of my job now is working with adults. So that has to yeah. be part of how I practically apply right. Um, yeah. things that I'm learning about. But um, when I started to read about all the other benefits that children are losing, you know, I had never mm -hmm. thought about physical play or risky play other right. than um, gross motor. They need their gross motor skills. So we should have some running and we should, you know, but the more I read right, about right. The, the benefit of climbing up a slide and spinning on a merry-go-round and um, yep. swinging a little too high and all mm -hmm. of those things. And now, now my opinion is my heart breaks that children are losing all of these opportunities right. because we get frightened. And I'm not saying that I want, that feels a little risky to say that out loud on a podcast. I have no control over once I hit right. release. Yeah, yeah. But, but that idea that I, I'm not saying I want anyone to get hurt or right. that it's okay. But, but the big picture is we're taking away so much from childhood and children because of um, an imagined, so often imagined right. fear of risk. And um, so, so now I have to find ways to connect that. Like just going yeah. up the slide has become such a cliche. Right, now. right, yeah. Um, but it's it's hard. <clears throat> I know with parents and, and yep. adults. With parents, I often say, well, um, the way physics works is that <laughs> going down a slide, if you fell off, you're at the same height as if you go up the slide. So you know. The, oh, there you go. That's smart. but but the thing I really think about is that. There's the phrase health and safety. Yeah. Oh, and we, yeah. we focus so much on safety, but not the health, because yeah. the health of a child is at risk if they don't take risk, mm -hmm. right? So you have to decide, do you want a child who's healthy or do you want a child who's safe? And the yeah. truth is, is you, you want both. Right. But, but, one, we, but, but you focus on one to the exclusion of the other. To the exclusion of it, yeah. yeah. So like the vestibular sense which is important with swinging, spinning, all of those things mm -hmm. like gets lost. So now yeah. we're not dealing with that. And now I work with a lot of occupational therapists, uh -huh. right? And so it's that thing of like, they see a lot more kids that in the past they wouldn't have seen because the vestibular sense was addressed in play. Yeah. Just, you go to the playground and there's a merry-go-round you go to. a, And it's interesting because we have, seesaws we have a merry-go-round and we have swings yeah because our playground was you know the therapists were like well the way you have to have those things oh yeah we're gonna have autism day treatment what are we yeah. gonna do without swings or spinny things yeah yeah one one thing i did when i started thinking in this different way of you know including the health in with health and safety yeah because i was teaching a class about health and safety in early childhood and i i threw in some risky plays some rough and tumble Place, yeah. that kind of thing into the health part uh, modules. But one thing I did is I showed a short video of two four-year-olds like navigating. One was trying to come down a slide and one was going up. Oh slide. yeah. Yeah. And um, so we watched it once so that they could get like their cringes out. Yep. And then we watched it again and I made them sort of brainstorm all the things that they saw the children learning or practicing in terms of like negotiating and yeah, talking yeah. and getting around each other and learning about space. And we had this whole long list. And so then I said, um, so which one of these do you wish they hadn't had? Which oh, one of these experiences <laughs> do you wish you could take away from them? I'm going to use that one. Oh, you're welcome too. But it was so eye-opening and also fun because, you know, they had a good sense of humor about it all. So it was, we all sort right. of laughed about it, but it was impactful because like, yeah. okay, I can have this totally safe child who has followed the rules, or I can have two children who have had this 
sort of sophisticated social, cognitive, and physical experience and, mm-hmm. and language. I mean, it's all in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was actually one of the most... Problem solving, maybe. Right. Well, it is yeah. problem solving. I meant... Um, well, because this just happened to me when I was subbing. There was a girl, two girls. One was going up the slide and then sliding down, going, you know. Uh-huh. And this other girl wanted to do it too. But the other girl was doing it so fast that, the, you know, the <laughs> one girl's trying to go time. up and then the other person would just go down because she thought part of the game was to like, you know, fall into me. Right, right. It was bowling. <laughs> and the other girl got frustrated. And so we were talking for a while, just like, well, what are you trying to do? And she's like, I want to go up, you know, but uh-huh. I don't have enough time or whatever. So then the other girl waited and the girl still kept slipping. <laughs> and then finally, I don't remember which one of them just said, well, what if I took off my shoes? Um, so this is where I get to model for the other teacher uh-huh. of like, yes, it's okay if they take off their shoes, right? Uh-huh. You know? um, so sure enough, they took off their shoes and then both girls could go up and down and then they just did it for the rest of the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and it's really funny to me because our teachers see the kids who are in the occupational therapy wing, the first thing they do when the kids get to their appointment is they take off their shoes, right? That uh-huh. shoes are an impediment to physical development. And but yet- But the fire marshal says they have to have their shoes on. <laughs> right, yeah, it's just like, yeah. Um, and I love, I think Lisa Murphy's the one who talked about the bucket of shoes, right? Yeah. Okay, if there's a fire, I grab the bucket, <laughs> right? walk with the shoes. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, anyways, um, it just reminded me of the, the slide thing. Like, so I was thinking that their problem solving wasn't just the problem with the other child, the conflict part, but it was also, I can't get up. Yeah, uh-huh. so there was a problem solving with the physical, just how do you get up? Sure. You know? And then, of yeah. course, there's the, the feeling of accomplishment and all that that mm-hmm. we also don't want to take away from. And I'm sure that right. made it to the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the other one that made it to the list that I loved that they thought of on their own was they learned they could do something hard without me. Yeah. Oh, like, that's great. Um, so, so that was like if, if there were like three things on the list that I was so happy were there, but the, right. it was long and it was great and it was fun. So. Oh, that's great. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Well, feel free to do what you want. <laughs> I know. Well, next time, if I ever train again, no, I, yeah, I'm, I know, I'm starting right? to do some, some Zoom trainings now. Oh, good, good, good. But uh, yeah. Well, um, I think that was good. I think we got yeah. a few stories in there. Yeah, I do um, too. That I can't wait one. to read the rest of the book to see. Me too. Let's, let's stop recording so we can go read the book. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Heather. Thanks, everybody, for listening and come back again for another episode. We'll see ya. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.